This is Tamara Lexo, the Executive Director of Hopeful Hearts Ministry. Hopeful Hearts Ministry is a place where hope is reclaimed. We strive to alleviate the suffering and restore self-worth to survivors of trauma and abuse. We are a faith-based ministry supporting long-term recovery for adults through one-on-one peer support, group sessions, book studies, retreats, and public awareness. Welcome to Hopeful Hearts Podcast. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the first episode of season two. Can you believe it? Season two, episode one of Hopeful Hearts Podcast. I'm Tamara Lexo, the executive director of Hopeful Hearts, and I'm here with my friend and sister Shannon Carr. I say sister. She's like my sister. <laughs> Shannon Carr. Sister Hi, from Shannon. another mother. Hi, right. Tamara. Hi. And we've we've got we we have an unusual person in the in the chat with us today. The bearded he, he doesn't fellow. look like you or I. <laughs> I want to welcome uh Cameron Hayes to this podcast today. Uh, Cameron, just for everybody to know, and then I want Tamara to kind of lead us in prayer and, and keep going, but, uh, Cameron and I have been friends for a while and, um, I met him through my day job that helps keep, you know, hopeful hearts alive a little bit. Oh. I met him, uh, with the magazines and the chamber actually it's really more through the chamber at first than anything. And, uh, Cameron, uh, is a financial advisor with Edward Jones. And, you know, and absolutely a fantastic guy, you know, stellar Christian man, amazing husband, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I don't know. I mean, it's not my husband, but his wife seems to be pretty happy. Great father, you know, all those great and things. And he lives around the corner from me. I know, right? <laughs> Literally right? neighbors. Um, yeah. <laughs> By the way, and I'm going to keep going on and on about Cameron, but I'm going to take a side note uh, for anybody that does actually watch our podcast on Mm -hmm. YouTube. um, I'm in a hotel room and there's many reasons. I wish I could say the reason being is just because I'm in Florida. No, it is because I'm in Florida on business. Um, But I just have to say that my house got flooded by something that we didn't anticipate and it wasn't a natural disaster. It Uh was a company that came out and dug in our yard and hit our sewage. And so I'm happy to be in Florida because I'm having a little bit of a a PTSD situation from Harvey at this moment Uh because I've got, you know, my kitchen's torn up, half bath is torn up, floors are out. It's horrible. But anyway, yeah. It's bad. I I digress. Re- Back to the redirect from redirect. That <laughs> That's right. That's right. So back to Cameron because I'm very mm-hmm. excited about today. Yeah. Um. But Cameron and I started talking, and I, you know, I've written that book, my last one. I have one. It's it's brewing in my mind. It will come mm-hmm. out, and but I'm waiting for Tamara to write hers first. So all the things. No pressure. Um. No pressure, Tamara. Um. Oh, yeah. But Cameron and I started talking and I written this book, like a self-help book, um, how to overcome uh, trauma and gain healthy control of your life. Reclaimed is the main name. Mm-hmm. And he and I just started working through it. He confided and talked about uh, some of the abuses he had been through as a uh, young man, child. And, um, and then he got brave enough. He was like, you know, I want to share. I'm going to let Cameron tell this on his own, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. this is how awesome he is because men find it very difficult to share that I have seen. I have seen. And I have helped many men through Hopeful Hearts in the last 12 years. But uh, Cameron is the first in my that has really boldly stepped up and said, you know what? I'm coming forward, man. I'm coming forward. I'm helping. Mm-hmm. And so Cameron, I'm going to have you speak, but I really want Tamara to pray for us first. Yes. So, Tamara, Let's do that. Let's open in prayer. God, you are good. And we thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given us to spread your message of healing and grace. God, we pray that you would just 
put your spirit of love right over us right now. Bless the words that we are about to speak today. I pray that you would be with Cameron, uh, especially. Uh, we always pray that you be with Shannon and I and uh, bless whatever words come out of our mouth, but especially be with Cameron today um, and just fill him with wisdom and confidence to speak the truth that you have given him. We pray this in your name. Amen. 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 So, um, Cameron, now he's like, what are we doing? We're on camera. I don't want to be on camera. What? We're like, no, you need yeah. to be on camera. Look how beautiful you are. See? Yeah. So. Those crazy, crazy <laughs> yells. Welcome to the show. Cameron. Welcome here with us. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for um, inviting me and uh, I'm humbled and blessed and a little bit overwhelmed and nervous too. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, let me just tell you, I've, I heard yeah. you shared some of your story. Um, mm -hmm. We did a um, an anniversary thing at um, Decca Brewery um, right. about a year ago. Was that a year ago, I guess? Or maybe two years ago? I don't know. Two years ago. Um, two years ago and I heard you and I know for certain that my husband was very touched when you shared and um I know that there were some other men there um from my life that that heard part of your story I know you didn't even tell all of your story then um but there were some men that were just in awe of the bravery of you standing up and so I just want to say thank you you know, I know Shannon just thanked you, but just thank you for being willing to share that because not just the pieces of your story, but just being willing to offer vulnerability in general is so important for other men to see. It's a big deal. So thank you. Appreciate that. It's it's been a journey. Yeah, it, it always is a journey. That's what we yeah. say all the time, right? Yeah. Never ending yep. till the Lord, till we yeah. see the Lord. That's so right. Cameron, I, I want to give you the floor then. And mm -hmm. because not everybody else knows you like we know you. And, mm -hmm. and I just want you to be able to share, um, you know, what would have led you to even wanting to talk with me? Um, you don't have to go into great specific detail of any abuses and trauma, but you know, what, what part of your story story do you wish to kind of get out there as we continue with our conversation today? I think um, if we were to get at the very nexus of, of how it all panned out would, would be going back to the idea that there's power in accountability and there's power in um, just speaking out call it energy, call it uh, emotions, call it whatever it is uh, that we keep inside of ourselves trapped away that we don't think someone else would even want to hear about. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden we do open up and it's not only therapeutic, but it's, um, it's a ministry. And yeah. so when I heard those words, you're not alone, yeah. For the very first time, like I broke down and, and cried, like just mm. ugly cried. And I was like, I'm a man, I can't cry. I'm like, what, what am I doing? Like, this, this is stupid. Uh, and then over time, I, I realized all that negative self-talk was putting me into a worse place than I already was. Um, and so just knowing I am not alone. And if I can speak out and share my story, not just with um other men but anybody that my story resonates with um they will also hear that same story that they're not alone and maybe it helps them just that one day or maybe it changes their life but either way um full believer that um you know our ministry and god's word does not return void and so here I am, a vessel uh, for God to speak through me. And if um, if this podcast is able to continue that ministry, then, you know, praise be to God. Amen. Amen to that. Um, and, you know, I just want to say that 
what I love about the fact that you coming forward um, and, and then helping with Hopeful Hearts, uh, because you, Cameron's spoken with me, um, we went, we were invited to the um, Global global Mensa Convention, and oh. we had two different sessions, and it was just fantastic to have that male voice with me uh-huh. there, because there are, well, you know, not that Mensa is only for men, there are many women there too, but there was a vast majority of men, and that was just a great you know, way to, to reach out. And, and I think another thing that also helps is when, I mean, I think one of the, and I'm sure Tamara, you get this too. One of the first things I get when I say, you know, I'm the founder of Hopeful Hearts, we aid in the long-term recovery of survivors of abuse. A, I get, Mm -hmm. oh, everybody thinks it's in regards to domestic violence, which yes, we have helped many people Mm -hmm. that have gone through domestic violence. Men too, by the way, men can Mm -hmm. be just as abused by the wife as uh, the wife can be abused by the husband. I think that is something Mm -hmm. that we should definitely talk about one day. Yeah. And then, um, or they think that it's just helping um, kind of an, an underprivileged class, if you will. Yes. And the majority of really who we work with are those that are middle to upper class, highly educated. I know Mm -hmm. Cameron has many letters behind his name because of all the specialties Mm -hmm. he does in his business and, and all of those things. And I think maybe that's why we have so many of those coming to us. We're very confidential on one hand, yeah. but the second hand is that um, I think sometimes it's harder for us all to come forward when we're so strong, we're so prevalent in the society and uh-huh. the community, and you can't show that weakness. You can't show that shame. You can't show all those things. Mm-hmm. However, underneath, really, unless you speak it out and work through it, it is going to affect your business. It is going to affect your family. It is going to affect all those things. So um, that was another thing that I wanted to commend Cameron on. So Cameron, mm-hmm. if you don't mind, just share with everybody, the audience, um, you know, what type of abuses have you lived through? Um, is there anything you want to speak to into that? And then we can go from there. Sure. Uh, just big picture um, synopsis. Uh, victim uh, or overcomer, I should say, of uh, thriver. <laughs> yeah, survivor, th- thriver. Um, um, <clears throat> where do I start? Emotional abuse, uh, verbal abuse, physical abuse, uh, psychological abuse, and sexual abuse. Um, and um, you was know, this as a child? Time. Yeah, I was going to say, it stems all the way back to the day I was born. Uh, actually, mm. even before I was born, while I was in uh, utero. Um, mm. And then growing up all the way through oof, uh, last physical abuse I experienced was, I was 35. And mm. oh, wow. the emotional abuse and psychological has, has never stopped. Uh, mm-hmm. At least has never attempted to, right. to stop. Um, and mostly, mostly from my dad. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, it, it spans the gamut quite, quite a few different areas. Um, been in and out of counseling, um, on and off, uh, psychological meds, um, you know, for, for years. And, uh, you know, I've been diagnosed with multiple mental health disorders, uh, complex PTSD, uh, persistent depressive disorder, uh, separation anxiety disorder, borderline personality disorder. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned, that has been a, uh, I mean, just, just those labels alone have been, yeah. uh, crippling to mm-hmm. my own self-confidence and, and even the ceiling that I would even think of achieving for myself and my own business. Um, mm. cause I, I would, I would put limits on myself thinking, well, okay. I, I can't achieve that. I, 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 I have PTSD or, or I'm depressed mm-hmm. or I, I don't even want to get out of bed today. Um, or what would a new client think if they were to find out I am mm. suffering with anxiety right. today or whatever. Right. Right? Um, the, the self-sabotage um, was, mm-hmm. was never ending. And mm-hmm. it's reached a point in, in my own marriage, in, in my own position as a, a husband or a, as a, a father a father getting choked uh-huh. up 
Um, and, and obviously as a business person, um, just uh, I, I knew what got me there wouldn't get me through the rest of my life and something mm -hmm. had to change. And so that's when I started seeking out counseling um, in a, in a different vein than before up until mm -hmm. it, was, it was right about 35 years old up until that point, it was just uh, cause I was in the Navy at the time. I partially was going to counseling because the Navy told me I had to. Um, and then it was like, okay, well, there's a little bit of me going to counseling because um, I, I do want to survive. Yeah. But then at 35, it was like, surely there's more than just surviving. Mm -hmm. I, I want to go through to the other side. I want to succeed. I want to thrive. I want to not, I want to break the chains and not be mm -hmm. dragging this weight around the rest of my life and be able to run from it. And yeah. Not. So. Amen. What yeah. was the hardest aspect do you think of, you know, once <laughs> you, once you, hit that point because I know we've talked to many and yeah. female male that are like, I want that, but I'm so like, I'm afraid of the work. I'm afraid of the pain. I'm afraid of, you know, like they're afraid of what uh -huh. you have to then go through. Like what was, what was the hardest thing do you think? And then maybe even the most rewarding after that. Like the hardest Process Just of, of make yeah of making that move forward and going you know what I'm going to change the way I'm actually going into therapy and I'm not just going to give a bunch of fluff right basically I think a lot of people go into therapy and they just kind of talk and they don't really 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 dig into whatever it is that they need to dig into like I'm it, here because I have to because the navy's yeah. making me go or I, I'm here because I really want to make a difference in my life I I think. I had to put my finger on it. I'd probably have to say it. it goes to the time frame. Uh -huh. Like you, you start counseling and you you have this, or at least for me, I had this initial expectation of one session, I'm going to be a changed man. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, first session's over, I nothing changed. Like, I uh -huh. feel worse, in fact. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm uh -huh. vulnerable. I just share all this crap uh -huh. in my life and I feel like this counselor just judged me the whole time <laughs> and and now I'm back at home and I got nothing new uh -huh. what the what, what why would I even go to the second session and I I think that is session. such a common thing you hear from so many people men especially after one session they go I felt so judged uh -huh. I felt mm -hmm. worse after the first session and I felt so judged. I'm never doing that again. That's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I even, That's big, what you just said. Like that I is even, such a common thing. I had so one counselor, things. no joke. He said, we've got eight sessions planned on the calendar together. That was the, the max amount that my insurance would cover at, yeah. at that time. And uh, he goes, I guarantee you, he goes, I hope I'm wrong, but I guarantee you, you won't be back for the second session. Oh. I said, why? why? He goes, one, because you're a guy. Uh-huh. Um, two, because what I'm going to tell you is going to make you feel more vulnerable than you already felt before you walked in here. And uh -huh. three, you don't want to accept the truths that I'm about to tell you. Oh. And of course, I started arguing with him. Mm -hmm. session I didn't go back wow and so it was I don't know maybe another six months mm -hmm. same cycle same just back and forth back and forth just miserable rut that mm -hmm. I had been leading up to that point and I was like okay I'm, I'm gonna go back I'm not gonna go back to that guy I'm gonna go yeah. back to it <laughs> and part of that was I don't want to admit to him that I'm right or that he was right. Yeah, that he was pride. right. Pride. Oh, was. pride. Yeah. I knew uh, he could help me. I knew uh -huh. he could help me, but I didn't yeah. want to admit he was right. And yeah. maybe that's just human nature. Maybe that's a man thing. Yeah. I don't know, but that's what I dealt with. And and so I did. I found another counselor 
And this time I knew, okay, he's going to make me feel vulnerable. He's mm-hmm. going to say some things that are true that I don't want to accept. But every step, every counselor, every session was was basically like building blocks. And it took a long, long time to process some of those building mm-hmm. blocks. Other times it was like, okay, I'm ready to go. You know, next week, let's do another mm-hmm. session. Sometimes it was months. And yeah. the sucky part about that whole process is, okay, well, in those sessions where there were months in between, what damage am I creating in the uh, the relationships that I still have from my own pain? Because mm-hmm. her people hurt people. And mm-hmm. having to live with that, like, like it's not my fault that that I was um you know abused years past. Mm-hmm. But it is my fault that I'm wearing that pain and projecting that pain onto others Mm. and even though I knew that I didn't have the tools I didn't have the the skill set the the whatever to stop whatever I was doing that was damaging to other people either and and so it was it's a mess it's literally a mess and so to to just not give up and to just persist through that whole process even if it takes you five ten years however long um, mm-hmm. just push through. So mm-hmm. you can't do it alone. You have to have a network, um, friends, counselors, mm-hmm. folks at church. Um, mm-hmm. you know, my faith was a huge part of that. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and it might not be somebody that you're really, really close to. It might be somebody like complete stranger, you know, whether yeah. it's social media, whether it's in person, like you, you just, somebody says something to you just out of the blue. And it's just that one saying that that one comment you cling mm-hmm. to, it, and and yeah. that gets you through that day, and mm-hmm. then tomorrow's another day, and so yes, yeah. Each day is a new day. You know, there was something you said in the very beginning. I did want to touch upon real quick. Is you said maybe you know the abuse began even you know before the womb, yeah, in utero, uh-huh. in utero. I can't speak today. Uh, there is something so true about generational uh, bondage, you know, all these uh-huh. these generational gaps. And, um, you know, I don't, I, did you have anything that more that you wanted to maybe say about that, that you've learned over the years of counseling and things like that? I know that maybe Tamara might have something uh-huh. to say, but I just wanted to know what you yeah. had to say about that. Um, the sins of the father is uh-huh. one biggest motivations because i knew at 35 i my my daughter at the time was five years old and Uh she was still in that formative years of whatever she sees whatever she's experiencing between five and seven years old is going to change her life and if i don't seek help right now and change the sins of my father will carry on to the sins of my children and so um, I didn't want that to be the case. I've, I've seen it in my brother's life. I've seen it in my both my sister's lives. And I was like, if, if I'm the only kid out of our household to break the sins of the father, then let it be me. I'm not going to go on another day Amen. without seeking that help. And so, um, but it is, it, it's, it just goes on and on and on. And if you don't just make a life decision to change it, Mm-hmm. that sin will perpetuate through generation after generation um mm-hmm. so i don't know if that's takes a real man yeah. no absolutely i mean it just takes a, a real man and woman all of us right mm-hmm. to to step forward and go i will not i will not allow this to continue right and yeah. and it's a choice it is a choice absolutely. and i love what you said earlier cameron about you know like you you make that choice of how you're going to feel every day or what you're going to allow to affect mm-hmm. you, you know, on a daily basis. Um, but Tamara, did you want to say anything in regards to that? Well, no, I mean, I just, I know that, um, you know, there's all kinds of new science that's coming out every day about, you know, our genetics and, you know, what, 
how the brain works and, you know, what's passed on and what's not. And, you know, so we can't, we can't even know right now what, what we're passing on and what we're not. But I think, you know, what you're saying, the best thing that we can do is start today, you know, and for people that say, well, I already screwed up my kids. It doesn't matter. You go, no, it doesn't. Even if your kids are grown, you start today start today Mm -hmm. and you say, you know what? I'm sorry that I wasn't the best parent that you needed me to be, but I'm working on it and I want to be the best parent from this day forward. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I just don't think that, that we can ever give up on being the better parent. You know, I, I love that, that you said that and talking about the sins of the father, I think we can always, we can always be, try to be a better parent. I know that Shannon and I have both spoken that that was a huge thing for she and I, you know, about getting help was, you know, looking at our, our toddler children and going, oh my God, (laughs) you know, what are we doing? Because Mm -hmm. we both were in places where we felt out of control you know, we're Mm -hmm. realizing that, that our lives, you know, the abuse from our past was, was overcoming us. Um, and we had, we had to get it together, you know, we had to break those chains. So it's Mm -hmm. so important. So I I commend you on that of saying, I'm not going to pass this on to the next generation. It's so, so huge. Mm -hmm. So big. You know, one of my least favorite uh, quotes, and people say it all the time, is um, a leopard can't change its spots. Yeah. Mm. And not a leopard. I will, I will say, <laughs> you're right. The leopard can't change its spots. Mm-hmm. But God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Amen exactly. to that. You know, that makes exactly. me think of, um, of a gentleman I met. This is, gosh, whoo nine, 10 years ago, I guess, an older gentleman, um, sweetheart, but very gruff. Mm -hmm. He too had been in the military. And by the way, thank you for all that you Mm -hmm. have done in service in the Navy, Cameron. I don't Mm -hmm. ever want to let that go. Um, And, but this gentleman, I mean, when I met with him, he was in his seventies and his wife, I guess, had wanted him to meet with me. and, And so we're talking and he's, joking about everything and he starts saying I know that she wants me in here because I'm so gruff and I'm so this and that and he goes it's just who I am it's just who I am nothing can change me it's just who I am and he was telling me about how like he nearly killed a man with his own hands and you know the kind of young man that he was but I'm getting softer in my old age and he was just going on and on and and I just could see, I don't know, I just sensed it or God gave this to me because it's not like I'm some guru or anything. But I just looked at him and I said, what happened to you when you were younger? And he just stopped and he looked at me and he was, what are you, what are you talking about? And I said, I, I, I don't know what it is. I just have a feeling. And I'm what I'm going to mm-hmm. do is I'm going to share with you what happened to me. If it resonates with you, I would love for you to trust me enough to share with me. So I told him about my grandfather and all that had happened to me when I was very young. Mm -hmm. His whole demeanor just changed. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he shared a story from when he was eight years old. And he has said that I could share this. I've shared it many times. Maybe I've already shared it on a podcast, but I want to share it now again. When he was eight, he had a cousin that tried to sexually assault him. And he got away, but he went to his father and he went to his father telling him about it. He was crying. He was a little eight-year-old boy, upset, crying. And his dad goes, stop your crying and don't ever tell me about that stuff again. You be a man. Mm. And from that point, he went forward in life never being able to share anything like that, feeling as if I have to do everything to show that I am tough, that I am fierce, that nobody can take advantage of me, that I've got you before you have me, you know, all the things. Cameron, I'm sure you could probably speak better into that than I can. And I looked at him 
And all I said was, I am so sorry Uh for the fear and the shame and the guilt that that cousin put into you and that your father led you into. Yeah. I am so sorry. And he broke down crying. And in that moment, I just prayed over him. We prayed together and, and he texts me, he prays for me. His wife is like, I don't know what you did, but like, I mean, it, it, in that moment, it changed him. It changed him mm-hmm. to finally speak it out and acknowledge, I have a right to say this and I don't have to be right. the, you know, the big man. Yeah. The, um, there's so much uh, research and, and I mean, for the last 20 years, it's, it's been a, a niche of the psychological world that has just been increasing in volume and in terms of how many cases have been documented, but um, the role of fatherless sons Uh in our society. Um, And so when, when I first heard that phrase, fatherless sons, I was like, ah, I don't fall into that category because my dad, although he was abusive, he was there. Like Uh he's always there at the house. Right. But the way they define it is not just physically absent, but emotionally absent. Mm-hmm. A father that is not approachable. A father that you can't share your deepest pains with is mm-hmm. an absent father. Mm-hmm. And so if uh, that gentleman couldn't go to his father and share that or other incidents, mm-hmm that's an absent father. And mm-hmm. so the role that that plays in our society, I mean, I, I want to say the latest statistics say that 82% of uh, inmates that are incarcerated right now fall into that category of having mm-hmm. a father that wasn't there. Right. And it's, it's astounding. It's, it's staggering. It's embarrassing as a man to, to know that so few fathers are just available. Um, and I, I refused to, to be in that camp and, you know, I, I wanted to speak out. In fact, I actually wrote my master's paper on fatherless sons, uh, about this topic and, um, just, it'll blow you away. Once you get into the material is, it's heartbreaking to say the least. Um, but yeah, my, my personal story, that's how I actually started out, um, the day I was born, um, <laughs> it's kind of ironic. Um, my dad wasn't at the hospital um, when, actually, when I was born. Uh, he walked in uh, to the delivery room, uh, I don't know, several minutes after. Sat down in the chair, uh, nurse handed me to him. He was there long enough to take a picture. And then I, I just actually saw that picture about five years ago for the first time ever. Um, and then a few moments later, he's gone again. And so mom asked him, where are you going? And he says, well, uh, Redskins are playing in the Super Bowl today. So I'm, I'm gone. <sighs> and so for all of my life, I've been a Redskins fan uh, because dad was. Even though I wasn't really close to dad, I always yearned for dad's approval because I never had it. And so anything I could do to to be like dad, to win his approval or to be like him or have any kind of similarity with him, I I did that. Um, And and sports Mm -hmm. was one of those things. And so I thought, well, if, if dad's a Redskins fan, then I should be too. And at least we'll have that in common and that'll draw me closer to him and win his approval and be good enough for dad. And it, I mean, to this day, um, you know, I don't think I've ever heard those words. I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. And just, I I had to come to a place where um, my identity wasn't in what I thought my dad thought of me. My identity was in who my heavenly father thought of me yeah um, identity is is in christ and that's the only way i was able to overcome that identity crisis if you will of not having a father that was 
emotionally absent. Um, right. So. I find that, it, and thank you, I, I, I love that. And yeah. I know that many have a hard problem receiving Jesus, receiving, uh-huh. you know, love from God because they don't know yeah. a fatherly love. Uh-huh. And so for a yeah. young man, young boy, you know, young woman to be able to open their hearts enough to say, okay, you know, maybe I, I can then trust you and love you, uh-huh. Lord. I don't know what a real father is. I mean, that in itself is a hard, that's yeah. a hard thing to do. If mm-hmm. someone doesn't have a good understanding of what a fatherly love is, sure. yeah, you know, um, uh, yeah, for years I I thought the same thing. I was like, well, I might as well not even have kids because uh, I didn't have a good father example to to uh-huh. teach me how to be a good dad. So I was petrified of the idea of of having kids. That's because interesting. Of, if I don't have a good example, I, I can't be a good dad either. Uh-huh. And I don't remember where the idea came from, but I just thought, I was like, well, if dad was a bad example, um, just be the opposite. Mm-hmm. Everything dad did that was bad, do, do the opposite. And, and that, that would end up being mostly good, right? Not that I have to be perfect, <laughs> I have to be better. Right. <laughs> so sure enough, we, we got pregnant, and um, I'd like to say I'm a pretty good dad. But, uh, I think you're an excellent father. She adores you. <laughs> we have, you have, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you know, but I do think that it's important. We said this at some point in here, and I wanted to kind of go back oh. into that as well about you know, we're not perfect. So we're yeah. all going, you're still going to make a mistake as a father. Uh-huh. I'm still, I mean, I, my kids, you know, I have them in their twenties. I've got bonus kids now, you know, in high school. Uh-huh. And there are moments where I, I do, I have to say to my 25 year old, you know, I am sorry for having yeah. done X, Y, Z uh-huh. back when you were 10. Yeah. And I wasn't my best self. I wasn't mm-hmm. who God asked me to be as your mother and you did not deserve that. Mm-hmm. And I am sorry. And I pray that if when, you know, I pray that you're able, you know, to, to, to grow from that. I don't want to say move past it and just forget about it. I, that's not something we should ever ask our kids to do. Mm-hmm. If they need to sit in therapy, then by all means, I always joked back in the day that I'm certainly sending my kids into therapy. It's me. Like, because of me and I get that and I'll own it okay I get it and um but what I mean as your kids become adults it really becomes great conversation to help them then maybe not perpetuate and make you know the same mistakes within their own families and their own you know relationships and things like that so um the more that we can be open about those things, in my opinion, is, is so important, um, you know, as on a age appropriate level, mm-hmm. you know, with our kids and to say, I'm sorry, to just say, I'm sorry is huge. Yeah. And I, like I did this with my, um, bonus daughter the other day, I was, I think, I don't know, I was hangry, you know, I was hungry and frustrated and angry yeah. and all the things. And, and I yeah. think I snapped about something and whatever. And she was like, oh, you know, she's 15. So, oh, yeah. someone's yeah. got an issue problem or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, get out of my like, I just I need a Snickers. <laughs> exactly. But I went to her afterwards that I was, or after dinner, literally, mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to her and right. I said, uh, you know, I'm, I really am. I need to apologize. That was, that was not not that was unacceptable behavior you Uh didn't deserve to be spoken to like that even if I was had a reason behind it you still didn't need to be spoken to like that and I just want to say I'm sorry and she just kind of looked at me with these big eyes and she was like Uh okay and then later she was like I don't know if I've ever you know had an adult say I'm sorry 
And that says a lot, right? You know? Mm. That's big. Mm -hmm. I think it's important too for us to um to model. And I don't know, Cameron, how you've had to deal with this in your life. Um and maybe I maybe we can talk about this, but when it comes to, you know, abusive people that there's a, oh no, (laughs) but there's, there's a time where we can work on the relationship with people that have been abusive to us and we can um, forgive them and we can restore that relationship. And then there's a time where we say, okay, that relationship is not safe. So I can forgive, you know, I can forgive you, but it's not safe for me to be in a relationship with you. So, you know, we've had that conversation with our children about certain people in our lives that we've said, um, yes, that person is a relative and we love them and we have forgiven them, but they are not in our life because they can't stop the behavior that is harmful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, certainly went through that. Uh, And and it, there's so many different ways to do it, but but it all Mm -hmm. turns into uh, establishing boundaries. Yeah. Healthy boundaries. Um, Mm -hmm. I had to do it with my mom and dad grandparents i mean basically my whole family there was there was at least a six month period where i cut off all communication with everyone mm-hmm. except for my wife because mm-hmm. uh, i knew she was a safe place um mm-hmm. and uh they they were hurt they were upset they were shaming me you know, mm-hmm. guilty, you know all the judging me all, all of the things but i knew that if i didn't cut them out for at least a time period that mm-hmm. i would not be able to figure out who was safe and, and who wasn't, but right. also get myself to a healthy place where um, there wasn't this basically a yo-yo effect. Um, uh-huh. I say something, they respond, overreact, and then I overreact, and then both of us are unhealthy. Yeah. And so I got myself to a healthy place, and then I slowly reintroduced certain relationships okay. to figure out, are they safe, are they not? Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, I, I, I still have a very healthy relationship with my grandparents. Um, That's good. And mom and dad, not so much mom. I talk mm-hmm. to regularly, but mm-hmm. at, at a very, um, very distant, um, mm-hmm. uh, relationship. Um, mm-hmm. and dad is not in my life at all. Yeah. Uh, but you I, I'm got okay. healthy and you set the boundaries. So correct. Yes. You know, you, you've got those in, in place now so yep. that you can have the relationship with your mother and right. say, okay, I can love her well from this place. Right. And that's, this is what it looks like, you know. And, and it's, it's not fun. It's not easy. It's, no. oh my gosh, being able, <laughs> uh, I, I, oh. I still can't reconcile it in my brain or my heart. Uh, but yeah. To, to be able to say, Dad, I forgive you, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to have a relationship with you mm-hmm. because you're toxic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you go back and forth. You're thinking, well, have you really forgiven him if you're not going to have a relationship with him? And I, I fully believe I have. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, there's there's no um, there's no grudge. There's no mm-hmm. lingering mm-hmm. emotions. There's not even a lingering fear that he's going to mm-hmm. hurt me again because right. what I learned, I can't unlearn. Um, right. But I'm not going to allow him to sneak back in to hurt me again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, explain, I, I was talking to somebody the other day about that she had a, um, she was really struggling with the word toxic and, and the word, you know, talking about forgiveness and with a family member and she said I I have forgiven her but she's like I just 
I don't like the word toxic and I don't, I don't like the idea of cutting her out of my life forever, but I know it's what I need to do. And I said, okay, just think about it this way. I said, there are certain cleaners that you keep under your sink and those cleaners have a purpose. You know, they, they are, they're really good at what they do, but you don't drink them and you wouldn't just let your, let a child play with them. You know, you keep them up. They're there for a reason, you know, and they're toxic. You know, you don't get them out and rub them all over your body. <laughs> you know, they're there for, and she's like, okay, okay. You know, I get it. I'm like, you know, it's not exactly the same, but kind of, you know, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that that thing is a terrible thing. It, it has a purpose and, mm -hmm. and you know what that, that purpose is. It's just, you're not, you're not going to mm -hmm. use it for something that that purpose isn't anymore. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and if dad, you know, surrenders his life and, and mm -hmm. changes it, yeah, doors open. I, I am right. I pray for that day. I pray for him right. regularly. But mm -hmm. until I see the fruits of that labor. Mm -hmm. right. Well, that that's the one way I even got to a level of forgiveness in regards to my grandfather. And granted, he by the he was dead by the time I ever even got to the, this place, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. But, you know, everybody, we're all children of God. So we all, mm -hmm. as much as we maybe can't stand it for some of our, you know, abusers or whatever, mm -hmm. we all deserve that ability right. to to yeah. make a choice to come to God and change and have a life, right. to you repent. know, uh, to repent, right. And have that experience. And I, I do want to point out, cause I think, you know, somebody had put this to me and I was trying to look up, you know, but there's the verse that in the Bible, it says, honor thy mother and father. And well, it's a commandment for one, right. Yeah. It's in the <laughs> commandments, but, um, but you know, you, that you, that's what you're always supposed to do. And I think that a lot of parents, um, unrightly use that as like, a, I, you know, you should just always love me. It doesn't matter how mm -hmm. I treat you. It doesn't matter what I do. You're supposed to just always love me or no matter you'll, no matter what you'll love me. But, you know, there's also the verse and I did look it up, you know, Matthew 18, whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Oh. And in my opinion, that's, I mean, that means if parents are doing things to their kids, yelling at them, making them feel belittled and less than, you know, sexually abusing them, you know, um, all the things, right. I'm not saying your dad did all those things. I'm just saying oh. all the, th any of those things, mm -hmm. then that verse is for you. The honor of thy mother and mm -hmm. father is just like the one in regards to the husband and wife, you do it as mm -hmm. long as like everybody should be honoring God. Everybody mm -hmm. should be living that life. As long as we're all living up, looking up, then mm -hmm. we should be honoring those that are leading us um, to mm -hmm. him. Right. Sorry. Right. I got really passionate on that one just because um, it's <laughs> I, I, it's I, arms up I, in the air. I do. I yeah. have my arms up in the air because I, 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 I can't tell you how many times I've had different uh, words of God thrown at me as a way to make an excuse for a behavior. Yeah. And that is not what the word of the Lord is intended to do okay. by any means. And it's frustrating, you know? When I was in the so. Navy, I had a, a military chaplain, a Navy chaplain tell me, um, you know, make, make a comparison between that exact verse and um, obeying or disobeying a lawful order in the, in the Navy. And so, you know, we, we had a, cap, a captain on their ship was just not very well liked and very well respected. Yeah. And he just had this um, Napoleon complex. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, if I say, you know, if I say do this, then you will do this. And so we had uh, the Commodore come down and, and basically have a chat with him to remind him, hey, look, if you give an order, it has to be a lawful order in order for you to expect them to obey it. Yeah. And so the chaplain said, the scripture is the same way. 
honor your mm -hmm. father and your mother. But what a lot of people forget is the last three words of that verse is honor your father and your mother in the Lord. In the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if your parents aren't acting in the Lord, mm -hmm. what do you have to obey? Mm -hmm. And so it's a fine line. I'm not about to tell mm -hmm. my 10 year old daughter that, but <laughs> <laughs> you're living in the Lord, though. That's you're living right. in the Lord. No, I mean it is it is mm -hmm. a fine line. We do have to discipline and and you know, yeah, don't spare the rod. I mean, God mm -hmm. says that too, but it's all very it's as long as we're looking to God and 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 doing our best. But I mean, we just we don't know what's gonna sometimes we can be emotionally or verbally abusive and not even realize it because maybe we were spoken to in that way. And that one little thing didn't hurt us, but it definitely could hurt somebody else. So, I mean, it is, there's a lot and there's so many, it's so multifaceted, right? Mm -hmm. So what we suggest and, and what we're all, I know all three of us are saying mm -hmm. is to break this down, you know, in, uh, in therapy and with the right, you know, um, countenance behind you and have to have oh. that support and, and to make sure, um, you know, and so as you go through that forgiveness journey, as it is a journey, and if you do choose healthy boundaries and say, you know what, uh, it's best for me not to have this person in my life right now, because they are not in the Lord. They are not in any way that is good for me or my family. That it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And I, you know, but you're, you're, you're not just saying it for yourself and just choosing to do it. Like you literally are, you have your, you know, your team behind you praying with you or even just your spouse, right? If, even if even just oh. your spouse to trust in what they say or want of you as well. Uh -huh. um, I know that we're getting towards the end. I do want uh -huh. to ask this kind of one final question and then we could um, maybe laugh a little bit about a few things, but um as like Tamara opened up talking about when you came a few years ago and spoke and you spoke uh, at our, the gala as well. The first one that we mm -hmm. had back, um, you know, what, how does it cause you to feel or how do you feel when you do have men come forward or even at, when we were at the Mensa convention, like what has been the positive aspect of coming out and having your voice? Well, it's it's from a place of encouragement. Um, well, I mean, just to have even one, the very first one, I think it was at the Mensa, the uh, convention, um, come up to me and and just say, he, he didn't say much, but but he said thank you for sharing. Um, uh -huh. I'm not in a place to talk to anybody, but just to know that there's other men out there. Um, uh -huh. I, I hope it is life-changing for me, but I've been living by myself wow. the whole time thinking I have to keep this secret and oh. the burden that's weighing on me and, and just hearing him say that, I was like, okay, well, that's encouragement for me to continue to share my story because if there was one, then there's going to be more. And so at the gala and, and the oh. tenure um more than just one three or four uh -huh. came up to me and um it was it was overwhelming it was heartbreaking uh -huh. it was um i don't know but it, it it was also um like this kindred spirit uh kind of thing going on uh -huh. where it's like i wasn't there when you were abused or whatever happened to you, but my pain speaks the same language as yours. Oh. And so there was this immediate, um, maybe camaraderie. I don't know if that's the right word, but oh, oh yeah. Um, and it was just like this, this unspoken power that just brought us together. Um, and um, it was. I don't know. I, I think men, there's so many memes and jokes and things about this, but a lot of times guys can just look at each other and like mm -hmm. an, an entire paragraph is spoken. 
so we didn't say a word. <laughs> it's like that happens, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's kind of weird, but um, yeah. it's 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 just cool uh, to see God move like that, and and to see that literally, literally their lives have changed. And so, I would I would like to lean into that, um, mm -hmm. and um, you know, the next time it happens, be more intentional try to keep up with them and, and have a more of an outreach uh, to them if they were wanting that. Um, oh. That's something I haven't done before and something I do regret, but uh, that's also part of my journey, my learning experience as I go through this oh. and share just like the next step. Um, mm -hmm. So, but yeah. I love that. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It doesn't help that you're, you know, you're who you are, Cameron, very good looking and y'all, I mean, he's in his warm clothes today because they have like a major like breeze going on. I'm in Florida where yeah. it's not. Yeah, we are not in yeah. Florida. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're freezing say, here in Houston. I know. Cameron like dresses to the two when he goes to like the chamber events and all that, you know. Um, so I'm sure that those guys, it's like, I hear you, but man, they're probably like a little bit of bromance as they look into your eyes <laughs> i'm kidding you're like spellbound spellbound my <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um and i will say i am I, and i i drew i say this with all love care and support is all that i am i i am proud of you cameron i am proud of you and your business has just flourished you know, and you, the, and I'm, gosh, I'm in awe of the fact that, you know, that you have that grit inside to say, I, I'm, I'm speaking my truth and oh, God's yeah. going to do what he needs to do. And I'm going to keep going and do the best job I can. I mean, you keep getting more and more certifications and all the things, all the letters behind the name and okay. all that good stuff. And I would, I would, that's the person I would want to trust. That's the person that I would, I'd rather trust yeah. somebody that be willing to say, yeah, I've had weaknesses. Yeah. I have uh -huh. these things. Yeah. But uh -huh. it doesn't mean that I'm any less than my right. intelligence and you know all that i have going on on the other side in fact it tells me that you'd be willing to be honest with me yeah about whatever it is that i would need to know you know my what life's I'm not perfect but i'm an overcomer absolutely my biggest yeah. fear before i shared any of my personal struggles was that my business would fail oh. and dad would be right because dad always said you're never amount to anything you're going to be a failure uh -huh. and uh i was like well i can't let dad be right so i'm not going to share it uh -huh. and then i started sharing it and and the exact opposite happened instead of because failing god just blessed it it just doubled and doubled and doubled uh -huh. and doubled our business uh four years running through the pandemic and wow. just it's it's been an incredible journey um and the more i share the more people come forward that either they were also um a survivor or uh -huh. they were attracted to me because of what you just said i was honest uh -huh. i was genuine and sincere and uh -huh. people especially in finance that uh -huh. is attractive that that's who they want yeah. to their money and so yeah it's just been it's been amazing so yeah well we we appreciate you well i appreciate you i know that we'll We'll probably have you on again some other time. Uh, yes, for definitely. Whatever reason, I think you were great. Thank you so much. I know you were nervous, and just for everybody to know, we didn't give him any kind, you know, no questions, anything. He was like, "Okay, what, what am, what no. are you gonna have me say, Shannon? Are you gonna have me uh -uh. crying? Am I gonna be crying uh -uh. like a baby on this?" Thing? Uh -uh. <laughs> so I so appreciate you um, having the willingness to well, come on today you. and. Yeah. And if anybody wants to reach out to Cameron or uh, have anything to say, you can, uh, Tam, I'll get Tamara to tell you where to, to get with us, but you can get with one of us. Um, mm -hmm. and then we'll let Cameron know and then he can choose. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like that would be the best way to do it. So. Absolutely. So you can find out more about hopeful hearts ministry and Cameron's on our board. 
uh, for Hopeful Hearts and find out more about Hopeful Hearts ministry and what we do and how we help people and the um, awareness events that we put on, which we have got our 12th anniversary gala is coming up in just a couple weeks. Pilsners and Pearls Gala. We talk about that grit that people like Cameron have, that grit that makes the pearl happen. Um, so Pilsners and Pearls Gala happening at Megaton Brewery here in Kingwood, Texas. Um, you can find out more at hopefulheartsministry.org. Um, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast today. If you did, you can hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us or if you're watching us on YouTube and liking and loving means sharing. I don't understand algorithms. I don't understand social media. I don't understand how all of that works, but I know that if you interact with us and if you share, then that means we get more attention out there. So and if we get more attention, that means more survivors can get the help that they need. It's not about attention for us. It's about people getting the help that they need. So give us a like and give us a share. We would appreciate it. I hope everyone has a blessed day. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. This is Tamara Lexo the Executive Director of Hopeful Hearts Ministry. We want to thank you for listening to Hopeful Hearts Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support or receive help from Hopeful Hearts Ministry, look for us at hopefulheartsministry.org.